This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody, and we welcome you to the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. Joe Leo, Tom Bauer, and I will try to entertain you and inform you for the next couple of hours here on 98.7. We have company coming. 1 o'clock, Rich Samini will stop by. Yes, training camp begins this week. And if you've got, uh, if you're a local baseball fan, thank God for that. <laughs> because we've got concerns. The both local baseball teams, we've got concerns. So I need your help. Call me at 1 800 919 3776. And let me tell you why. You guys know because we're family. You guys know my lovely wife, Jeanette. And for the past couple of days, Gordon Damer and I have been around the clock filling in for different people on the station because this is, you know, vacation time. Did a couple of days in the morning. Uh, you know, we woke Tom Bauer up early in the morning and drug him out of his bed and put him to work. Joe Leo knew this was coming, so he smartly took a week off, but he's back and we welcome him back. But all during this time, We've been talking about, I've been talking about the Mets and we've been talking about the Mets and the issues and what they're going to do and so on and so forth. And Jeanette said to me, she said, you know what? I hear you talking about the Mets and I'm depressed. I said, and you're not even a fan of the team. How do you think I feel? So look, we know and we hope. And as a fan, this is the emotional roller coaster that you have, right? This is that emotional roller coaster of what's going to happen with my team? What's going on? What, what, what's the deal? What, what, what is the story? And the Mets did a, a, an unbelievable job. They won six in a row. Then going into the All-Star break, they dropped the last two. Now coming out of the All-Star break, they've lost the last two. So they won six in a row and have lost four in a row. And here's what I need from you. At 1-800-919-3776. It's clear to me and to everybody that over these next couple of weeks, how this team performs is going to be key as to what they do on the deadline of August 1st, right? Clearly, if they are where they are now, this is going to be a, this is going to be a seller's market. It's not going to be buying. They're not going to be buying anything. They're going to be selling. And they don't really have a lot to sell, but they're going to be trying to move some some pieces, obviously, hopefully, to try to get better in the farm system, to build some things up in the farm system. Not really shed salary because nobody's going to take a lot of the salary. They may have to, you know, continue to pay some of the players. But that's what they're going to do. And after what you saw last night, which was really kind of a repeat of the way they were in June, misplays in the field, uh, not sharp baseball. And here's the tragic thing about it. Very quietly, Kodai Senga has pitched very well. Very quietly, he's turned around from that guy that can't give you length, not very effective. He's done a nice job over his, what, past handful of starts. He's really made the adjustment to players, to hitters in, in the major leagues, and he's done a nice job. Last night, he deserved better. Mets just didn't hit. 
I mean, they've scored a run and on four hits in two games against the Dodgers. So as a fan, how should I look at this? Should I look at this as, yes, I know the Mets took the series from the Dodgers earlier. And am I silently rooting for a rain out this afternoon? Uh, yeah, I am silently because Tommy Pham, who's been one of the best hitters, was not going to play today and they want to rest him with a day off tomorrow. And so, you know, and do I give, give Scherzer an extra day and the way, and I don't, well, the way he's pitched, I'm a little ambiguous as to what's going to happen from him, even though, as you know, I have kind of adjusted my expectations for both he and Verlander. But nevertheless, should I look at this as, okay, here we go again with this Met team, or should I look at it like this? After the Dodgers, whom I expected that it was going to be tough, the the schedule gets much lighter, right? The schedule changes. So after this scenario of a weekend series with a very talented Dodger team, no, it's not a great, it's not a runaway Dodger team, but it's a very good Dodger team. I mean, we can agree to that even though they're not going to have Clayton Kershaw until August. They're a very good Dodger team. But considering that after today, which the game has been moved to 5-10, in case you don't know, because of the heavy rains that hit the tri-state area earlier, they've, they have a day off Monday. They've got three with the Chicago White Sox coming in. Beatable team. They go to Boston for three. Beatable team. The Yankees at the stadium to round out the Subway Series for two. You know, up and down. You, you could split. Okay. I don't know what – I mean, the way Stanton's hitting, I don't know that I want to see him right now. But, you know, that's doable. And then a series before the trade deadline, I've got four with, with Washington. And then on the day of the trade deadline, I opened the series, the Mets opened the series with Kansas City, another weak team, before it gets a little tougher where you go, you're at Baltimore, Chicago, and then, oh my God, Atlanta in the middle of August. But, so, even though I'm disappointed, even though I'm upset, even though I'm miserable with the way the Mets are playing, could it be that I should sit back calm my nerves a little bit, and wait and see how they handle the next set of games. Once again, at uh, home for Chicago for three, at Boston for three, at the stadium for two, and four against the Washington Nationals who are behind the Mets. So clearly, even with this roster not playing the way that we know they can play, even if this roster that's been very disappointing. Even with the pitching, that's been very disappointing. Against worse competition, could I not expect that the Mets could take a series from Chicago, a series from Boston, split with the Yankees, and take three or four from Washington? As bad as this team has played, as, as disappointing as Scherzer and Verlander have been, as poor as the bullpen has performed, am I being unreasonable to think that 
three with Chicago, three with Boston, two with the Yankees, and four with Washington, that I could win eight out of that 12? Am I delusional to think that at worst I could win six out of the 12? And even if I win six out of the 12, right, it doesn't help me to get to 500. Clearly, I need to go on a run. I'm eight games under 500 at this moment. And for me, if I were Steve Cohen, if the team is not 500, what am I doing? Right? By August 1st, if they're not at 500, what am I doing? I, I got to sell. Because if I can't at least get to 500, I'm wasting my time. I'm not bringing anybody in. I'm trying to get rid of assets to try to bring in some more talent and, and some more minor leaguers. So that's my thought process. What do you think? 1-800-919-3776. Also be a Twitter at hardest to ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. Let's go back to last night for a moment. Let's hear from Peter Alonzo. Peter Alonzo has struggled. Peter Alonzo struggled. In, and it's crazy because he made a couple of really good plays in the field before the missed double play opportunity. And that's what hap- That's what's happened this year. And that's what happens when you're not playing up to your level, your, your potential. And baseball is that team. There's that game, right? In other sports, football, you can try harder. Basketball, you can push. Come on, rebound. Come on, do, do the little things. Do, you, can, you can push yourself. In, in most other sports, trying harder is the best way to go. Baseball is not one of those sports, right? When you try harder in baseball, it's, it's, it's an already tough sport. It makes it tougher. And in the back of my mind, I wonder if, Pete is still dealing with an injury if he's not totally healthy. So here's Pete Alonzo on the teams at bats after the All-Star break, which have not been great. Yeah, it stinks for sure, especially when you have a good at bat, you capitalize on a pitch. And as a hitter, you, you just wish that you could have a magic wand and make the ball find grass or a seat, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And after every, it's funny, after every press, after every game, and you hear Buck Showalter at the press conference with the media, he talks about all the hard hit balls that the team has that's not finding holes, that's finding gloves. And it's been that kind of year, right? It just has. Now, Alonzo says, even though they're not getting the breaks, the bats, the quality is pretty good. I mean, you can go up and down the lineup about having good quality at bats. I mean, it sucks because, yeah, the, the results especially tonight, aren't there. But, I mean, the quality of the at-bats, the quality of outs, I mean, I hate to say it, but you want to stay right there, and hopefully the next time around, the ball's find grass or a seat. And you kind of saw it during that six-game winning streak, right? You kind of saw the Mets' good approach. You kind of saw them, the you know, finding holes. You kind of saw them being a better team, a team that had given you, that gave you more offense, a team that you expected. Like, this is the team we thought we were going to see. And so maybe now they're going to go on that run. And I don't know. See, you can't even say that the All-Star break stopped them because they lost two games before they got to the All-Star break. And coming out of the All-Star break, they've struggled offensively. A lot of conversation about Brett Beatty, right? In the problem and the situation with the fly ball in the ninth inning. Here's, from his standpoint, what happened on that play. Left, he was up. I was trying to hold the runner close to the bag, and it went up. I actually thought I was going to catch it in foul ground, and then 
took my eye off of it for one second and kind of got spun around, but there's no excuses for that. The play needs to be made. It's a tough play. It's a play where the wind blew the ball back to the to the to uh, towards fair territory, right around third base. Feet got tangled up, misplay, boom, extended the inning, another run scored, and it just kept piling on and kept piling on and piling on. And Adam Adovino on the mound again, a tough situation for him. Can the team get out of this funk? You know, it's still largely a group of guys that has won a lot of games in our career. Try not to look too far at the big picture because that's, you know, something that we can't control really. We've got to worry about tomorrow still. And, um, yeah, every night that we lose is disappointing. But, you know, again, like as athletes, you know, we really have to just focus on the next day. Got to put it behind you. That's what you have to do. All right, I want to hear from you. Once again, how should I look at these next 12 games? Am I being un- Am I being unrealistic to say – with the competition that I'm looking at, teams that are struggling, even worse than the Mets, that this is an opportunity for them to at least, for me, at minimum, you got to win six of the 12, at minimum. And you should be able to take eight or better based on the talent level. How how they've played, I get it, I understand it, but I still think they are closer, not exactly, but I think they're closer to the team that's won, that won six straight than the team that was awful. They were the bad news bears of June. 1-800-919-3776. Your calls are next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Want to get your thoughts. We'll hear from Billy Epler in a couple of minutes, but... I'm 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 looking for an assistance here from from folks. I just believe, Joe and Tom, that that the Mets. I'm just trying to get to the trade deadline because I want them to be able to make a decision. I get to the calls in one second. I want them to be able to make a clear decision. I don't want it to be ambivalent. Okay, I don't want them to say, "Well, you know." We saw this right here, and maybe it does this, and maybe it does that. I want them to be firm in their decisions. Because ultimately, I believe that either, obviously either they're going to buy or sell. But the thing of, the the point I'm trying to make is, if Epler's not going to be here next year, and there's a pretty good thought process that he might not. And somebody else, there's a, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple of folks that could be lurking that could take over that spot. Here's the thing: Do you want them? Do you want to add players to a team if this is not going? If he, if if Epler's not going to be here next year, right? Do, would you rather? Not would you rather them lose intensely, which is not what I'm saying. But would you rather them? Would you rather know? early so that you say, okay, look, let's sell off these pieces. We got new people coming in. They'll turn the team around. They'll add, they'll add, they'll subtract. We do a lot of stuff in the off season. So I want them to be able to know what to do to have a clear message. Personally, do I think this team is going to get to the postseason? No, I really don't. I mean, how could I? Seven games out of the wild card spot, seven, eight games out of the wild, the final wild card spot with what? Six teams to jump over. It's highly unlikely. Could it happen? Sure, in, in, in the fantasy world, I guess it could. 
Because it's baseball. You never say no. Teams go on hot streaks. I mean, Atlanta, look at Atlanta. I mean, we can talk to, about teams chapter and verse, about how they turn things around. I mean, Spike always reminds me about Philadelphia last year with the Phillies, about what they did and how they turned things around. So it's happened. Okay? I'm a Mets fan. I've seen the Mets have a lead and lose it in September. Okay, so I covered the Yankee team that was brutal in the first half and won just about every single game in the second half and get to the playoffs. So I've seen it. Does this team have that as of right now? No. But I'm just really curious about these next games because what everybody has said, be it Cohen, be it Epler, we have to make a decision by August 1st as to what we're going to do. And yes, they've lost, they've looked horrible. The offense has been non-existent coming out of the first two games against LA. But they're not facing LA after this. They've got 12 games against teams that they could have a better opportunity to go against. They should be able to take a series or split a series. Should be able to split the series with the Yankees, and they should be able to take series with the White Sox. And 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 clearly they should be able to take a series with Washington. So what do you think? 1-800-919-3776. Mike's in Brooklyn. Mike, start us off on 9878. Hey, how you doing? Good. Well, you, you know what? I think the playoffs is built for the better teams that we expect to get to the playoffs to get in. Now, we talking about the Mets. Cohen, I don't believe, will ever be a seller. If the GM leaves, he has enough money to bring Epstein in, the real kingmaker. And for the Mets to get into the playoffs, quiet is kept. All they need is a good run. They can do it. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Um, they just haven't played like that. You know, I, I want to believe. I'm a fan. I want to believe that this team can put some things together. I do. That, that's how I, I want to believe that. But every opportunity that they've had, you know, we keep saying it's early. They'll get it together. It's early. It's early. <laughs> okay, we're in July. The trade deadline day is, what, two and a half weeks away on August 1st? Haven't gotten together yet. France and Master Pico, what's up, Fran? Yo, Larry, what's up, Larry? How you doing, man? It's nice and hot out today. I'll tell you. Listen, I'm I'm 58. I don't know how old you are. I don't know if you. How old are you, Larry? I'm older than 58. All right. Okay. So you've been around a while. Yes. So you know. And 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 what do they say in baseball? Oh, the back of the baseball card. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The back of yes. the baseball card. So the bottom line is this: with the Mets, it's not going to change. <laughs> this has been going on since as long as you can remember with the Mets. They are what they are. They traded Tom. Friggin' Siva, think of that. The greatest player we ever had, they traded him when he still had two, three years left in the tank. They just have been clueless. The bottom line is we win every three, four, five years. We win maybe one season. We have a good season, a little run, you know what I mean? And then we get five horrible seasons. And then you get a season like last year where it's incredible summer. The Mets fans had an incredible summer. And then what do they do? They take a dump on you, on you. They just say, ha, 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 here you go, Braves. Here's, another, here's your 20th division in 21 years, Atlanta. Uh, the bottom line is this. They run terrible. It's, 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 it's a joke. Everybody, we're putting lipstick on a pig and hoping that it looks pretty. The bottom line is it's the Mets. I mean, just think about this. I'm gonna, and I'm going to leave you with this as a Mets fan. And this is going to hurt. 
Think about Diaz, what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, other than, other, don't get mad, but other than Rivera, Yankee fans, other than Rivera, he had one of the greatest regular seasons in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. And as a mess there, what happens? Gets hurt. The guy blows out his leg, celebrating a win. Celebrating a win. Not his fault. Not blaming him. No. But he's a Met. He's a Met. So, Met fans, in the next three, four years, we might have a good year, man. Let's go. (laughs) All right, Fran, thanks for the phone call. Fran, you're supposed to help me out. You just totally depressed me. Just totally depressed me. But here's what I'll say to that. They're not terribly run. I'm not going to agree to that. They're not terribly run. This team is this team is run better than it's been run previously. I mean, think about this. Would, would would Verlander be on this team under the previous administration? Would Scherzer be on this team under the previous administration? And you can say, well, Larry, look what they've done. They haven't done much. But you've gone, as a Met fan, you've gone from a position of, man, I really wish we would be in the running for players like this to actually having an opportunity for players like that. Okay. Because Steve Cohen believes in, and as a fan and an owner, he understands he wants the best possible. This team is not bad because they didn't make moves. This team is struggling because the players that they have, they have gotten have not performed. And, and, Friend, you make a, you, we talk about the base, back of the baseball card a lot. I think now we have to look and adjust to what we expect from the back of a baseball card. Okay, I'm just saying you do. You look at what the players that have been on this team, what they've been able to do. Is Jeff McNeil leading up to the back of his baseball card? This guy won a batting title last year. He doesn't look like he even knows who that guy is. Starling Marte, is he living up to the back of the baseball card? I mean, right now, <laughs> Brandon Nemo is, has been, for me, everyday player, the most consistent everyday player on this team. He's had a really good year. Has he had some misplays in the field? Yeah, he has. But for the most part, he's been fabulous. He's been fabulous. The rest? Not so much. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking a little Mets at 1-800-919-3776. As I mentioned, Rich Samini at the top of the hour. Turn our attention to the New York football Jets. Right now, we turn our attention to Spike in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. You're my second call. Mother, CCNY guy. The Mets have nothing to sell and there's nothing to buy. You just got to sit tight. You know, you talk, whoever said it, uh, Franny or whatever guy said, back of the baseball card. You watch McNeil. I got this new package I was explaining to you. I watch, every, mm-hmm. I watch any baseball game. Any, it's just wonderful. So uh, to pay for any of that stuff, it's, it's an interesting uh, deal. And they have different angles, and you can check different cameras. McNeil looks at the faces he makes at the play, the priceless. Oh. I mean, it's, it's, uh, but it's on the sale price. It's not on the high-end price. Oh. So that's really upsetting. And um, it's just really sad to me. They just, you know, friends of mine are upset. The team's not performing well. They're losing the same way. That's what he says. Tell Larry, they're losing the same way every game, every series. Am I right? Yeah, it's either uh, good pitching, no hitting, 
uh, hit, grid hitting, no pitching, errors, right. base running mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. It's yeah, what bad teams do, Spike. Play. They're playing like a bad they, team. They find a way to lose. It's not mm-hmm. the manager. It's the players. It's the players. So you got you to suck it up and hope something gives. I, I told you many times at night, you pay 30-year-old prices for 40-year-old pitches. That's what you get. They're 4.0s, not 3.0 ERAs. Big difference. Yeah. No question about it, Spike. No question about it. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. You're right. And you're paying. You're, in this case, like normally when you when you are signing players, normally you pay them for what you expect for them going forward, right? But in this case with both Scherzer and Verlander, you're paying for what they have given you. You're paying for what you, you're paying, expecting they will continue. Not that they will be better than their baseball card, the back of their baseball card, but you're paying that they will at least be the same player that they've been consistently across the back of their baseball card. And clearly that's just not been the case. Now for Verlander, it might be a bit more surprising because he's coming off a Cy Young performance last year. Okay, so it might be a little bit more surprising, but for Scherzer, when you think about it, and you didn't just sign him, you didn't just sign him this year, but when you signed him last year, I mean, he'd come off a couple of seasons where he'd missed some time. So, you know, you're you're rolling the dice a bit, and for and Scherzer was the opportunity to give you an ace, which you understand the logic. Scherzer was brought in because you didn't know what you were going to get from DeGrom. And DeGrom was a guy that really was hurt a lot. A lot. And when he pitched, he was phenomenal. But his availability, eh, not great. So, okay, so now we have, like, co-aces. So with Scherzer, we have him really as the second ace or a co-ace with DeGrom. So when DeGrom, if DeGrom is down, we got Scherzer. If DeGrom is good and he's able to perform and he's available and you've got Scherzer being Scherzer, man, you've got a one-two punch that maybe that makes you one of the best top of staffs in baseball. This year, DeGrom, you, you knew he really wanted to leave, but you really couldn't sign him based on his lack of availability over the past couple of years that he was here. So now you have to go out and get a, quote, replacement, unquote, for DeGrom. And Verlander was available. And so you signed Verlander. Okay, and so once again, I understand the logic. It should have made sense. The only issue is that neither of them have been able to consistently perform at the rate that you have expected them to do. And so that's where this phrase, back of the baseball card, comes in, right? And so that's why I have said I temper my expectations for Verlander and Scherzer. For me, a quality start from them. Give me six innings, three runs, I'm good. That's all I can expect from them. Can I expect a 14 strikeout, one hit performance over nine innings? No, I can't expect that. Could it happen? Absolutely. There's opportunities and performances. that It's in there. They could still do that. But I think for you to look at that as a Met fan, as an ace, and say, okay, that's what I expect from them, 
I don't I don't think you they've shown this year that that's not there. So you make the adjustment. So a quality start three today. If Max Scherzer can give up three runs or less, all right, three runs or less, give me six innings, I think the Mets have a good shot at winning the game. Singer did it last night. And they were right in the game until they broke it apart. And so at that point, and even with Verlander the other night, I mean, they were shut out. So even if he pitched a shutout, they weren't winning that game. They didn't score any runs. That's something he can't control that. He gave me, even though he only went five innings and he walked the seven, eight, nine guys, which was like, what are we doing here? All right. So, you know, offensively, it wouldn't matter because they didn't produce. It didn't matter what he did. He could have pitched a no-hitter. They wouldn't have won because the offense wasn't there. And that's been the story of this team this year. Good pitch, no hit. Good hit, no pitch. Error here, error there. It's been as frustrating as you can imagine for Met fans. It really has. Uh, Dave's in Sayerville. Dave, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm just so perplexed as to what is seen in Billy Epler. I mean, he basically just spending like a drunken sailor gets, you know, the the Amex Platinum card to just kind of go willy-nilly shopping if, if, if he was so smart, logically, why wouldn't you sign someone like Musgrove, who was a free agent coming off San Diego, who's a young thoroughbred, who signed for $20 million a year when you could have just bumped up to like twenty two five a year, got him, you let Taiwan Walker go and Chris Bassett go, who are inning eaters, durable, I mean, they're not aces, but my goodness, you signed Verlander for $43 million a year. He was 40 years old. Good for him, but it's just glaringly obvious mistakes that are going on, and then you, you, you keep Vogelbach and keep playing them when a guy like J.D. Martinez, mm. you could have you signed for some, for some dough if you would have signed a pitcher at a, at a reasonable price, and he's, he's knocking hits and going up and down. I mean, it's so embarrassing. They even said on the Apple broadcast how Freddie Freeman named his son Shea because he used to dominate at City Field. It's just so embarrassing how just just bad they are at, at evaluating talent. They're just, like, shopping. Like, it's just like a fun little thing. Like, oh, here, let's let's get a new scoreboard. Let, let's get the, the fancy uh, Lamborghini pitcher that, that's going to blow out its engine. It's just it's so disgusting. I, I, I can't imagine like and, and Lindor. Lindor is a guy who should be who should be carrying this team for thirty four million a year. You, you you trade for him and you extend him instead of just trading for him, letting him play out his contract for the rest the rest of that second half of the season. I mean, he's got good power numbers, but you need to get on base and, he, and score more runs and and keep it going. That that ninth inning yesterday. Well, it was absolutely egregious. No fight. There, there's, uh, it's it's just disgusting. And I can't believe we 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 pay all this money for all these things, and people don't realize. Oh well, Steve Cohen's just going to spend money. 
well, when everything else is more expensive at the ballpark, it's because we're paying for these salaries. And if we're winning, the entertainment's good. But this is just – I'm just so sick. It, it's just, I, I, I don't you, know. Babe. It breaks my heart. You. I hear you. Thanks for the phone call. I hear you. Look, uh, Chipper Jones, by the way, named his son Shay. Thanks, Chipper. Um, Dave, you're right, it's especially with the the move – last year at the trade deadline by not adding another bat. And yeah, you could talk, J.D. Martinez, I mean, what, 23, 24 home runs? His on-base, his OPS was something like five, What? what on-base is like five-something, 570-something. I mean, the closest to him is Francisco Alvarez at 507. Everybody else is in the threes, maybe a four here or there, but everybody else is in the threes because they don't get on-base. And yeah, I hear what you're saying about Lindor getting on base. Well, who's going to bring him in? Who's bringing him in? Who's driving him in when he gets on base? I mean, Mets have base runners. Not, well, not in the first couple of games of the series. They have a lot. But they've had base runners in, on, in numer- on numerous occasions during this season. Nothing's happened. Can't get them in. Can't get the key hit. This is just so opposite the way this team performed last year. It's just so different. I mean, this team was a team that when you made mistakes against the Mets, they made you pay immediately. And this year has been the total opposite. When they've made mistakes, teams have just let them have it. When they have given teams extra outs, they have used them by getting extra hits and getting extra run scoring. And they haven't been able to recover from that. And so the errors, the bad base running mistakes, all those situations, it, it's killed them. It's absolutely killed them. And that's why they sit eight games on the 500 right now, because of those situations. And yeah, I hear what you're saying about Musgrove and Verlander. But once again, I mean, listen, I hear what you're saying, but you have an opportunity, and I get the age, but you have an opportunity to get a guy who just won a Cy Young, you roll the dice and you try to get him. Because your thought process is, once again, it's built on the postseason. We get to the postseason. We got a short series. We throw out Scherzer and Verlander in the first two games. We got a shot to be 2-0. I'll give you uh, my thoughts about Bassett and Walker. That's next. You're listening to the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Listen, uh, we talk about the situation with Tyrone Walker and Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett, he was really, he was, he was outstanding for the first three quarters of the season. He was really good. He was, as the caller mentioned, an innings either. He was solid. The Mets had a really good, good top three when DeGrom was healthy with DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett. But when the team started to struggle in September and that series against Atlanta, it, it maybe it was just me, but I got the feeling that Bassett kind of didn't want to be here anymore. That he, the pressure, the comments, things of that nature, he kind of wanted to go elsewhere. 
And I'm sure the Mets made him a representative offer. But he uh, he decided he didn't want to be here. And so he, you know, went to Toronto. And, um, you know, he's, he's having a solid season there. Not as good as he had here last year, but he's having a solid season there. Tyron Walker was really, he was, he was interesting. He would have like really good first halves and struggled in the second half. And that's the way he was. He was, he was a, he was, he was a guy that battled. Once again, the guy that got you to the sixth inning. I will say this about those guys. They did a better job of getting you late into games consistently than what you've gotten this year. And Singer's done a better job over the last handful of starts. He had that issue earlier. And when you looked at him early in the season, he didn't give you what Bassett gave you last season early. He's now starting to give it to you at this point. Might be too late. But now the question becomes, and I think, uh, you know, Mike Puma of the Post has an interesting article, and he has a tweet up on Twitter about it, and then he's right. Here's the opportunity for the Mets to find out if this guy, if Sanger, could be a future ace. That's what they need to find out. And he's right. It's a thousand percent right. Because it's clear. Even going on to next season, let's take a quick look ahead to next season before we hear from Billy Epler. Even looking at next season, what are you doing for starting pitching? All right, Quintana, we don't know how he's going to be. We'll find out. Hopefully he gets a start next week. He's scheduled to be uh, one of the scheduled to return, make his debut rather in the rotation with the Mets. So we'll see what he has. But it's evident that Scherzer or Verlander are on their, they're not going to be able to pitch for the next couple of years. The, you know, the end is near for them. Okay. So who's going to be that, that great starting pitcher you've got? Peterson's showed you signs. Yeah, he could be. McGill last year showed you this year. You don't know what's going on with him. So if Singer, whom you've invested some money in and some years, can be that ace, okay, you need to find that out. And he is, po- he is pointing towards that with giving you length and being able to mix the pitches better than he was able to do earlier. And as long as he continues to adjust to playing major league style and not, you know, pitching once a week as he did overseas, you might have a shot. You might have a shot. Billy Epler. This is from speaking to the media after the All-Star break. Is there a sense of urgency for the team with the trade deadline approaching? You know, I, I don't want to speak for, for the players, but, you know, when I listen to them talk, when, when you guys have asked them questions, um, I, I don't think that, that the urgency is something that just turned on. Um, you know, and some of the comments that I, that I hear, uh, it sounds like it's been there for a, for a while. Um, and, and we've recognized it, and at times we, we've played, played well, um, and at other times we have. So I think it's the system C aspect uh, that, that, you know, really needs to kind of take hold. And, uh, you know, like I said, like I was saying earlier, you know, we were encouraged by what we were seeing, you know, going into the break and, and uh, you know, hope to kind of continue, uh, continue on a similar path. All right, once again, that was Friday before the Dodgers series opened with the Mets. And, yeah, you can see there's a sense of urgency. I mean, Spike mentioned the facial expressions of Jeff McNeil. That guy is struggling. And, and he is, 
I don't know what it's going to take for him to get going, but he you can see the pressure on his face every time he comes up to bat in a key situation. You can see it. He wears it. And that old adage of there's so much pressure, he's probably uh, got sawdust in his bat, on his batting glove. That would be Jeff McNeil. He is really pressing. He's really trying to, he's trying to hit the, the, the five-run home run. He's trying to get the, the, the triple with nobody on. He's just, he's, he's just, he just needs to relax. And it's easy for me to say because I'm not facing that pressure. Okay? He knows he's better. He, he's battling himself right now. And so that's, that's where you're finding. As I said, baseball, not one of those games where you can, you know, try harder and do better. Not so much. Billy Epler, is there a chance you buy and sell at the deadline? I'll be open to any opportunity, you know, and we'll, we'll talk through it as a group. And, um, you know, I think just, uh, you know, look, look for an avenue to, to continue to either add talent to the organization, whether it's short-term or long-term. Um, we, have to, we have to kind of evaluate it all. Well, if you judge from what Steve Cohen said, then the answer is yes. There is a chance that they could buy and sell at the deadline because of this standpoint, Steve Cohen has a mandate that he really wants to improve the minor league system of the Mets. And a lot of owners want to do that. And so that's what he wants to do. His goal is to try to improve the minor league system of the Mets. And he could be able to do that by, you know, getting some players to improve that minor league system to add some depth. And it's crazy because this team, this franchise, when you think about it, and Met fans, you'll you'll agree with me probably. This this franchise has been a pitcher's friendly franchise. They've been a franchise that has routinely developed great pitching, usually starting pitching. Okay, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. The everyday player, not so much. I mean, they, they've done a decent job, but but not to the extent where you could almost say that they're known for their pitching depth. And that's what they need to do. They have to be, they have to get better. They have to get deeper. Then, you know, Steve Cohen won't have to spend so much money. Because what he'll then do is, like a lot of teams, he will go out there and he will sprinkle a free agent here or there where he needs to, to elevate a position where a player that is incumbent that will take that position is just not ready. So you, you get a free agent who's very talented to hold the position for you until your young player is ready to come up and take that position. Okay? And so that's where Steve Cohen ultimately wants to be. And hopefully uh, that's what the Mets can do and at least, you know, at least get to 500 so we can see what they're going to do. When we return on this edition of the Larry Hardesty Show, we'll turn our attention to the New York Jets. Rich Samini? Will join me, covers the Jets for ESPN.com. We'll get his thoughts as Jet Training Camp begins this week with hard knocks stopping by. We'll do that next on 98.7 ESPN.